millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, I don't want to come across as one of those people that can't stand children. So hear me out. Because it's not all children, I think, are dickheads. In fact, it's just the cultured ones that bug the shit out of me. Last week, I was at the Edinburgh Festival. And I kid you not, I overheard one child say, but mummy, I prefer the croissants in the other boulangerie. The child was barely walking and it could use bigger words than me. You know, I blame the parents. Stupid fucking posh parents who think throwing their child into an art gallery on a Saturday morning will make them less annoying. No, Faraday and Tark. Quinn. The reason why your child is annoying is because you are its parents. I think the ones I hate the most are the brats that have learned how to play some song from a car advert and now torture everyone's journey as they whack out on a piano in a train station. No, thank you. Bring back the days when the most cultured thing to happen to a child was when a drunk adult in a beer garden demonstrated how to turn a packet of crisps into a triangle. Didn't do me any harm, did it? After the tone, after the tone, leave your message after the tone. FTCs, MTCs, LTLs, Mentals, Weirdos and the ATT crew, welcome back for another little sesh down the digital pub in our still yet to be award winning, not holding on to that everybody, <laughs> still yet to be award winning podcast where you, the listener, have complete control. I mean, that's a lie because I can tell you what, it's not a free for all because a lot of you need hev- heavily, heavily filtered actually. This has gone through many different people. <laughs> On today's show, get yourself comfy because we've got a feast of frozen food, a new use for gravy and Spooky Scouser's 18th birthday. But before that, you might remember, I'm actually going on my holidays. Again, yes, I know. Listen, I'm allowed. I've spent many a time sat looking at these four walls, talking to you lot. If I want two holidays in the space of a few months, I'm going to fucking have them. This time it's a working holiday, okay? Trabajo en vacaciones en España. Con el... uh, Ellen Acasa, I'm sort of trying to say him indoors. <laughs> so, if you are going away, send us a voice note. If you've got some holiday gossip, send us a voice note. If you want to give me some travel advice, or if there's somebody you think I should broadcast live from next, or if you think I should know about your regional cuisine, lovely word there, cuisine, get on the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. Zero, seven, double, eight. 
200 3420. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Right, producer Tim is in the driving seat this week because uh, over there, producer Deb, yeah, she's on secondment apparently. Secondment. Me either. I think it's a fucking posh word for skiving, if you tell me the truth. She's got a Saturday job down the city farm, isn't she? Yeah, mucking out the pigs and fondling cows, teats, the filthy mare. Hi, Scotty. I've literally been lurking in this pub since uh, episode one's release day. And I haven't called in yet. I've just been lurking. Even though I have wanted to contribute, I haven't. But I'm just on my way to work and I had to pause the gravy episode because... Frankly, I'm going to outrage you. So, when I was a kid, we used to um, used to use gravy as a pasta sauce. So, uh, I was wondering if anybody else knew about pasta and gravy. And honestly, still to this day, if I'm a little bit hungover and the bank account can't stretch to a uh, to a Domino's, then yeah, me and my housemate will uh, we'll cook up some pasta and gravy. And if we're feeling really mingy. We'll put some cheese on it as well. So, uh, yeah. Sorry to my first contribution is there. Uh, I know you're going to be fucking disgusted with me, but uh, we move. Speak to you soon. I-, I wish someone was here filming my face because the level of disgust, it's like someone's just took a shit in my bed. First off, I respect the fact that you're a day one lurker. Okay? I respect that. Everybody needs a fan. Thank you very much. Why can't my people have any fucking culinary taste, Tim, huh? Why would you let someone come in here? Literally, they've just shat in my face, haven't they? Gravy and pasta. Avec cheese. Con cheese. Mitt cheese. Whatever language you put it in. Gravy and pasta. I sort of wish you hadn't called, actually. You know, I'm almost tempted to bar you. How disgusting. Gravy as a sauce for pasta. As a, as, not a, as a sauce. I can't even get to the point of it being a sauce. It's not. It's just wet. It's brown wet. It's slurry. You're having possibly overcooked pasta. I, first off, I'm really sorry, any Italian people listening. Yes, I know. This is the level of abuse we have to put up with. I sort of said that as if I was Italian. I was just sort of angry on your behalf. It's not a sauce. It's just wet. It's like as if I said to you, I mean, Northerners are wild, aren't they? Can you hear how outraged I am? I can't finish a sentence. It is like you've said. Mm. Sometimes I just like to douse my pasta in water. You might as well get a cup of tea. Is this... Get a cup of tea and throw it over a bit of fucking spaghetti. That's what they'll be calling up next, Dr. Tim. Why have I just called you Dr. Tim? Maybe you are a doctor, I don't know. No, it's a no from me. Hi, Scotty. It's mate Kate here, which was my nickname from when I was a teenager. Jojo's uncle called me Mate Kate because uh, I was called Kate and Joe's mate. Uh, So there's my nickname for you. I've just been listening to the episode. I've actually paused it to leave this voice note because you sent me off on a complete memory trip about crap frozen freezer food. We used to get at home, this was like a, the biggest treat dinner. We used to have this for our birthdays. <laughs> Hi, Rudy. It was um, frozen lamb burgers from Lidl. And my mum would lay out on the table like 
all different stuff that you could put on it and like pita bread sliced in half. So it has like bowl of grated cheese, bowl of lettuce, sliced tomatoes and like sauce and stuff like that. And yeah, you'd like build your own what you wanted. And as one of three, we that we getting to actually choose. I know it's very exciting getting to choose what you want. And the other thing um, that I couldn't remember the name of, I was thinking in my head, Lisa Scott Lee Chocolate Gatto, but she's the woman from Steps. I did Google it. It's Sarah Lee Chocolate Gatto that was also from the freezer section at Lidl. was like the most delicious decadent cake. I did look this up and you actually can't buy it in the UK anymore, so I'm gutted. But yeah, those were the two, like, they were massive treats in our house. But thinking about it, it's kind of like frozen freezer food. Yeah, I loved it. 90s food, my God. You don't get anything like that these days, do you? Anyway, hope everyone is well. And yeah, loving the pod being back. Bye. Listen, first off, hi, mate, Kate. Great. Nice to have you back and to hear... What are they? Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, dear listener. I'm just going through the podcast. As you can hear, I'm quite thrown... And I've been just so, Im and George has just walked in, knocked on the door and said, producer Deb has said, give you this. I've been given a plate of sausage. I mean, <laughs> lucky me. They're hot as well with two different condiments. I'm sure at some point this will become, this will make sense. It might not do. I'm just going to leave those saucissons on the side. Look at me, very multilingual. Anyway, back to where we, what we were talking about, mate, Kate. I choose the nicknames round here, okay? Uh, you know, t- t- don't be giving me other people saying, oh, this is why I used to be called. No, I'll choose the nicknames. What happened to Lisa Scott, Sarah Lee? What happened? Is she dead? Let me just look her up, because God forbid. Uh, Sarah Lee... Sarah, Sarah. I mean, I called her Sarah. Did, I think you called her Sarah as well, but apparently Sarah. From Americas? Yeah. Founded by a bloke called Nathan in 1939. And went defunct in 2012. Well, that was the Olympics for you. Who's Sarah Lee then? Sarah Lee Corporation was an American consumer good. <gasps> it wasn't even a real person. There's no one there at all called Sarah Lee. Oh, do you know when you feel that your childhood's been like a a, a con? Where you feel completely lied to? Well, there you go. No no Lisa Scott, Sarah Lee cakes. Now, dear listener, if you've got no idea what we're going on, it's a brand of like frozen shit gatto slash tart slash cakes that you could like whack out the freezer and pretend that you were fancy. I think Sarah Lee was probably this like idea of like the ideal American woman. You know, like makes a cake on a Sunday. Fucking dreadful cakes, to be fair. I prefer Vionetta. That's when you know you are living a high life. Because <sighs> you're having a Vionetta. The smell of sausage in here is quite toxic, so excuse me if I start salivating. Hi, Scotty. I'm producer Deb, Tim Kattenmeyer, and the rest of the ATT crew. Long-time listener, first-time caller here. Uh, it's Josh from Bristol. I just wanted to get in touch um, about the freezer food debate, what you bring back from your childhood. I grew up in the 90s, and something that I really missed up until recently was turkey Twizzlers. I couldn't have them for a long time because of that prick Jamie Oliver that got them banned. And I saw that they brought them back. I tried them. They're nothing like the originals. All the flavour's been taken out. Probably all the e-numbers and stuff have gone. They're just not as good, so I would want them served in the restaurant, but it'd have to be the originals. 
Thanks for the show. I love it. Bye. Oh, hi, Josh from Bristol. Although I think, let's be fair, I think trade descriptions might have a problem with that because you don't sound Bristolian, I don't think. You sound like you've come from the black country or from Birmingham way, the, the Midlands. I'm willing to put money on that, actually, Josh. Lovely turn of phrase, though. One putting it down. I was just saying, I was listening out for that ooh-ah-ooh-ah that you get in the Bristol. And also, I couldn't hear you doing fire poi in the background. So I thought, that's that's not a real Bristolian. <laughs> I couldn't hear juggling, okay? <laughs> Why is it the Bristolians love fucking juggling? I guess they've got nothing better else to do in their time. <laughs> I always go in for the Bristol. Listen, hi, lovely to have you. First time call a badge for you. 10 points, well done. There's no fucking badges, Tim. Stop asking me to send people fucking badges. The smell of sausage is growing in the room. <laughs> now, you said something about Jamie Oliver. What a cunt. I do, do you know what? I just can't abide. I just can't abide him. Oh, God, wasn't he, was he annoying? Wasn't he annoying? Why is it like Jamie Oliver had children and then thought all of a sudden, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to ruin everybody else's children's life by taking away some of the most delicious food. Now, if you've never had a turkey Twizzler, people, I tell you what, it's basically reconstituted turkey meat because, you know, what makes turkey taste lovely is if you mash 4,000 of them in a machine together and reconstitute their meat in the shape of their meat. (laughs) It's a very strange thing. Now, Turkey Twizzlers used to be very popular in schools, um, particularly my school. That and Smiley Faces, until this TV chef, otherwise known as Dickhead McGee, what was his catchphrase? Pucker. Oh, you go, fuck, fuck. The irony that A's catchphrase was named after a very popular line of pies in the UK is not lost on me. Now, he's a telly chef who went around... <laughs> saying to kids, you can't eat this food anymore, it's got too much salt in it. Even though if you go to one of these fucking restaurants, which are largely defunct now, if you go to one of these restaurants, oh my God, you'd be grateful for some salt on it. Now, I'm probably going to get done for libus, but it's personal opinion. I've had his food, it tastes like fucking shit. Now, got that food removed. The only joy working class children had removed from schools. So it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of image of hatred for me. Also, hates fat people. Absolutely hates fat people. The irony for a chef. He makes most of his money out of us. What a fucking cunt. Anyway, um, there was a great story, which you can look up on the internet, which um, when he started to try and ban this food from schools, I think it was in Rotherham, <laughs> that mums were putting through the school gates pork pies. <laughs> You will not take these away from our children. (laughs) Josh, lovely to have you. Thank you for the memories. Hi, Scotty and friends. Um, It's me, gorgeous mum. (laughs) You called me that last time I rang and uh, I got all your coy when you said it, but um, I'm just going to own it. So that's that's who I am. (laughs) I'm just ringing about to respond to the caller. Um, The person who said that they, you know, have achieved everything that they want to achieve and they feel disconnect, disconnected, sorry, and isolated. Um, I am also from, like, a chaotic and poor sort of upbringing as well. Um, and I think it's funny, like, it's interesting what you said, Scotty, about how it affects people differently and survivors. 
and I was just thinking about like how I think often when you brought when you brought up in that chaotic environment when times are quiet I think we don't know how to be happy I think you know we've almost might feel boring because there's not things going on constantly and we're not having to survive and I think yeah it's a sort of a trauma response isn't it and it, it's sad that we can't just enjoy our successes and that we yeah that we constantly doubt ourselves and yeah I don't want to bash the middle classes but I find from my experience that they're not particularly welcoming um, especially with people with accents or people who swear or, you know, who don't basically act how they do. So I just wanted to say to this person that, you know, fuck them. <laughs> but it's not nice to not feel like you belong. And um, I just wanted to send a big hug to all the survivors and that we're all absolutely mint and, yeah, well done to us because it's fucking hard and... Yeah, that's it. And I just wanted to say thank you for this podcast because you've just completely enriched my life and I look forward to it every week. I know it's well sad that, you know, it sounds like I've got no friends, but I love listening to the podcast and thank you so, so much. Anyway, bye. Hi, Gorge Mum. Lovely to have you back. And yes, I, that call very much as you heard, listeners, uh, last week, very much did touch me um, because it stays with us, this stuff. We are very much watermarked by the past, those of us who've lived with and through something. You got me thinking there about poshos. I like to call them poshos because, you know, when you say to a middle class person, you're posh, oh, well, the outrage, the absolute outrage. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. No, I think you just have a very different opinion of my upbringing, you know, and I find it so interesting, so defensive about it, so defensive about it. But, oh, they'll be the first, they'll be the first to ask you about what it was like growing up. You know, the intrigue, the absolute intrigue from them, I find interesting. And I do, I I have this double-edged sword with being common, right, where I love it because I think it makes us more interesting people. I think it makes us more personable. I think those of us who've come from these backgrounds, um, we can take the joy and beauty from very simplistic moments within our life, you know, because, you know, like you say, survival has been a chore. And I think I think largely common people like other common people and we like other people. Posh people are quite, they're quite reserved, aren't they? They're quite the other way. Anyway, this double-edged sword that I was talking about, it's like, I love that. It's just so much of our stories collectively, so much of our history collectively is rooted in grief. And I've longed for a time where, because to be common, right, to be working class, to be what the Tories call ordinary. Oh, isn't it disgusting? Ordinary. No, thank you. Far from it, actually. (laughs) Far, far, far from it. (laughs) Wouldn't it be gorgeous if our stories were littered with joy, working-class joy, the idea of working-class success? Because there's nothing that posh people love to do. When you've got a bit of stability, got a bit of a gaff, you know, you've got a little bit in your life to add softness, they love to tell you why you're not working-class anymore. And I wonder what, like, working-class joy looks like. I wonder what working-class achievement looks like. I wonder what working-class softness looks like. And so maybe you, dear listener, 
want to throw into the hat. We're quite good at talking about working-class trauma here. I wonder if we could talk about working-class joy this season. The things that make us, the things that, like, are our big cuddles, the things that we love about being common, rough, insert word here. Gorgie Mum, thanks for the inspiration. I would love to take this into a direction of joy. And I wonder if we can. Hello, After the Tone crew. I have a nice birthday story to tell you. It's Spooky Scouser, by the way. Hello there. So um, I always remember my 18th birthday because it was pretty amazing, to be honest. My parents did a barbecue for me in the garden. It was family and friends. And so many people came that this is quite funny. One of my friends had left their phone in a taxi when they'd come. And uh, the taxi person had come back to drop it off. And me mum, because there were so many people there and she didn't know any everyone, <laughs> she invited the taxi guy in because she thought she was, he was one of my mates. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, so we had a brilliant time. And then after, we went clubbing, basically, which is not something I do now. I'm boring now. And little old bisexual me who hadn't really accepted it at this point which is funny because you're gonna find out the rest of the story and how I denied it for so long I do not know but um <laughs> little bisexual me after having a lovely time dancing to rock and indie music this very beautiful girl she caught my eye and I caught hers and uh, she asked me if she could kiss me and she did and I said yes and it still gives me a weird little thrill even now thinking about it which is funny because that's really the only kind of bi experience I've ever had which doesn't bother me doesn't mean I'm any less bi like I'm not in denial anymore but yeah that was a lovely birthday and I just remember being very young very uh, <laughs> very carefree very happy I don't know, I just felt absolutely on top of the world. <laughs> but I've got to say, you said sorry to every, to Italians last week. And I've got to say, well, this week, sorry. And I've got to say, you, you need to say sorry. Tinned pasta. Tinned pasta. Tinned spaghetti. And whoever said they had a white sauce spaghetti with tomato paste in it. What? I am half Italian. I am. You all deserve to be shot. I'm sorry. You're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Spooky Scouts are quite, quite aggressive there. I wasn't expecting that. Such lovely Scouts still sit tones. How are you? You all deserve to die. <laughs> Well, it's lovely to have you back in the room. Now, there was just something that I kind of want to pick up on linguistically. You know what I'm like. I love to pick up on things. You said that that experience when you were young was the only bi experience that you had. Can I just say, as a bisexual person, every experience you have is a bisexual experience. And if you decide to be a pansexual person, every experience from that day is then a pansexual experience. I think it's just really important that we don't um, legitimise or claim 
clarify um, a experience being uh, queer if it happens in our head in ways that we are prescribed, well, that's what queerness looks like. You know, like you said, you are happy being a bisexual person, then every experience you've had has been an experience of a bisexual person. Just putting that out there, okay, everybody? Just putting that out there. Thank you very much. 10 points for me for being amazing. Okay. This was getting me thinking about my 12th birthday. Now, (laughs) for my 12th birthday, in my family, 12th birthday was like a thing. Like birthdays are much bigger in my family than most things. Birthdays and New Year are like, well, come on, we're going to have a party. So for my 12th birthday, my mum and dad were like, right, well, you can have a big do. So I was like, I want to have a disco. This is what happens if you allow children to watch Ibiza Uncut. (laughs) And those sort of terrible uh, mid-90s television programmes where drunk British people would go on holiday to Spanish islands and essentially ruin the culture. Uh, I thought, right, I want to have a right. If I want to have a disco, so we got a disco <laughs> got down the road on the market. There was a bloke who had like disco equipment, and you could hire him. Well, he obviously didn't know what type of disco he was coming to, so he turned up with a whole bunch of like hard handbag house. Well, I was in my element, and I'll tell you what: for weeks, kids were asking me, "Can I come to your birthday? Can I come to your birthday? Can I come to your birthday?" It was like the one moment where actually I was a sought-after human being. It was the one moment where I felt like this is what it's like to feel popular. Uh, so I'm really enjoying these birthday stories. Please keep them coming through. <laughs> Sorry, I am still laughing about your such a strong strong response to spaghetti <laughs> time for a breather now i tell you what i hope someone tells me when to, what to do with these fucking sausages because i i'll tell you what i i cannot fucking concentrate <laughs> trying to trying to get me to host a podcast with fucking hot sausage next to me i'll tell you what it smells like a fucking bathhouse during pride in it <laughs> couple of announcements for the notice board but before that don't you dare think about pausing me because still to come holly from north carolina is back with bad karma donut trips me either processing abusive relationships and expressing identity as a trans woman oh and i'm told there is an ftc first time caller calling from a dirty bench remember i love a 10 second confession so why not have a quickie right now anything short and sharp will do the job the number to whatsapp your voice note to is in the show description and if you want to touch more att in your life exclusive content more calls scripts and more of that sort of stuff then head over to patreon Uh, last week jojo and i reminisced over screwballs do you remember those Mm. this week toby and i are going to be having a gorge little natter so come and join the backstage party patreon.com forward slash after the tone shout outs this week go to river who's finally started therapy and loving it by all accounts and harry who wants to brag about finally handing in their book what to a library <laughs> no i think harry's finished the book so round of applause for river and river and harry get a round of applause lovely okay tim listen tim stop looking at my fucking sausage <laughs> okay no no i'm gonna do the podcast and if that fucking sausage isn't still there that uh, there'll be words to have so I'm a long-time lurker, first-time caller. I'm having a really shitty time at the moment. By the way, it's I'm just a mum. I'm just a mum here. Um, 
cis woman with really fucked up mentals trying to get through the navigation of parenting children without them having the same issues that I've had growing up. Anyway, I'm, I'm currently divorced and living with my partner and uh, father of one of my children <clears throat> for six years. And he's lovely, but totally emotionally unavailable, which I'm finding really, really, really difficult. So I just wondered whether anyone has any experience in this sort of field. Like, he's a lovely person, it had trauma. His mum died very, very young of an aneurysm, like out of the blue when he was like six. So he's, he's very closed off. Uh, and I'm very emotional, so it's a, it's a tricky subject. Anyway, really nervous. <laughs> hey, just a mum here. Look, I really want to give you all the facts, uh, but there's so much. <laughs> so, um, okay, okay, like I said before, like, there's this woman been in an abusive you relationship. My, daughter here, <laughs> my daughter's by me. Yeah. The clears and all that. <coughs> Hi, I'm a mum's daughter. All right, yeah. Daisy. Um, yeah, yeah, my mum came out as gay when she was in her late forties and completely cut me off, which was really, really, really difficult thing for me to. Yeah, I can. Uh, for me to. To sort of go through so that's a, a thing. She made me feel very much like the the fact that she'd come out was an issue, which was never the case. Uh, it was it was just the fact that she seemed to just not give a shit about me from that point. Um, I didn't want to include me. It was like I wasn't part of that uh, part of her life. Um, which I found really difficult and I don't know whether this is an actual thing that people like think or have difficulty with because I don't have any difficulty with people wanting to be however they are or you know good on people for sometimes I think oh I kind of wish I was this way or was that way it's something to just I've never had a steady gauge on who I was ever, really. And um, I'm envious of people that do. So I think, although it's a hard thing to go through, it's nice knowing where you fit. And I would never have been prejudiced against her anyway. But it's just a weird thing that this new part of her life she didn't want it to involve me and I and I found that really difficult and then I had a really horrible marriage in the early 20s uh, which was a horrible thing thing I had two children um, who now are not allowed to see their dad because of some horrible thing things that he did and just the mentals are a bit they're a bit all over the place now. We're in the summer holidays and uh, I have had a break from work um, and I'm full-time kid children's 
and uh, ooh, it's just it's times are hard. So I would be grateful of any correspondence. Okay, bye 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 bye. Hi, friend. Now this is a big call, and so there's a lot I want to sort of decipher. First off, well done for like ripping the plaster off and joining the gang. And I could hear, and you were saying, you're nervous. Take your shoes off, stay a while. We're all friends here. And I think there will be other people listening to this who who will understand. And, and there uh, immediately, people like Gemma spring to mind. Other mums who listen to this podcast who always kind of just walk into the room and they're like, I'm just a mum. And I find, like, there's part of me that wants to... Like, anyone who's walked into this room and said that, there's part of me that wants to find you and shake you and be like, nobody is just anything. And being a parent, as we can hear, comes with masses of responsibility and fear and worry and concern and labour and time and also trying to be your own person and process your own shit. Like, you don't sound like just a mum, and I'm yet to meet just a mum. So I want to put that into the room. I also love that essentially, like, over here in ATT Publand, it's like queers, just mums, as they call themselves, and, like, radical, like, other beautiful, like, gorge people. (laughs) Just is great, isn't it? So I love the fact... Anyway, that's by the by. Something I wanted to pick up on was when you were talking about the emotional availability of this person that is living with you. I don't know if they're an ex-partner. I couldn't quite... It sounded like there there was an ex... It was an ex-partner, but somebody who <clears throat> you were co-parenting with. I'm making assumptions here. They could be wrong. What was really interesting, I think this is quite common, and other people in the pub will uh, recognise this. I recognised m- me doing this within myself for a long time was where you talk about the work that you're doing, even though the tricky things that life has thrown at you, and trying to be emotionally available. But when we put that logic onto somebody else, we but, but this person grew up in da-da-da-da-da. Now, I guess what I'm trying to get to here is that we... It sounds like you both had sort of similar challenges in life, and you don't hold yourself and him to the same thing. I'm sort of, I'm sorry this isn't cohesive. It's it's a feeling that I'm trying to put into words, which is always really challenging, right? There is choice involved here. We, we do have difficult lives. We have difficult beginnings. We have difficult moments, difficult things that mark us. But we do make a choice whether or not we're going to replicate those or whether or not we are going to try and change those. And like you clearly say in this message, you are trying your best to give your children the best and the skills and the tools in life to be well-rounded people that you want them to be. And he also has that choice. And I think that's really important to note that. And I think, as I've always said with relationship stuff here and non-monogamy, it's like it's all about communication and trying to find successful ways in which you and this partner can communicate because you might have different languages. Anyway, by the by. The stuff with your mum is so difficult 
and perhaps what I'm going to say and respond to here, other people will disagree with me, and it might um, press a part of you that feels a bit sore, and I, I don't mean it to, but I wonder if the reason why your mum has alienated you and ostracised you is if you remind your mum of a time where your mum was having to pretend to be a person that she wasn't. Again, that doesn't mean she's able to walk away from her responsibilities and ostracise you. And I really hope you are able to find ways of communicating to your mum how that makes you feel. Because I can only imagine that that deepens feelings of ostracization and loneliness. And particularly when you are trying your hardest, you can hear it in your voice, you're just trying your hardest to keep yourself afloat and do the care work for other people. You need a friend. Now, there might be other people who are, quote-unquote, just a mum listening to this. There might be other people who have had similar experiences with parents or with partners. And I ask you to the ATT pub, join into this chat. This is what this pub is for. It's for us to have these gorge conversations and for me to be absolutely fucking outraged about fucking gravy with pasta. Have a fucking word. Listen, if you, just a mum... If you are a gravy pasta person, well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> you're more than welcome to come here and I'll still give you a cuddle. It's Holly calling from North Carolina. I don't know if this is interesting at all, but since you heard you like, since you said you like other people's gossip, um, I'm having quite a day. I, I'm moving and I've been very stressed out about this whole process and it's been activating, I don't know, a lot of emotions. So I had this horrible nightmare this morning and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm going to be late for work. I'm going to pick up donuts on the way, give myself a little treat. Of course, on the way to the donut shop, uh, a road that has never been closed in my life was closed. I had to go around through a parking lot. And because I had to take this detour, I fucking show up at the donut shop behind a line of like 25 high school children learning about science I had to wait like 30 minutes to get my fucking donuts ah, I'm just I, I did something karmically any ideas what it is Holly from North Carolina first off it's lovely to have you back I love it when people drop back in after we haven't heard them for a while and yes you know me I love other people's gossips and more of that you're still moving oh bless you that's been a while now isn't it anybody you are moving if I can recall you are moving like to Vancouver or somewhere like you're moving very very far away from where you currently are um I was sort of saying like Vancouver as if it's like the end of the world but I think it's Vancouver I think it's Vancouver anyway no, Massachusetts, no. Anyway, because you were in North Carolina, you're going elsewhere. It's a d- detail that I know about people's life, Tim. I know, I know. Now, what you were doing there was called self-care. And I really want to give you 10 points and a badge for it because it's a really difficult thing to do and to remember, particularly when we've got capitalism in our ear going, you've got to be at this place at this time and do these things. 
things. So, like, let's focus in on the fact that the act, the idea that was placed into your head that I need to do something soft and squishy for myself because there are these external factors going on in my life that even when I am sleeping and trying to rest, that my brain is going... (laughs) So, let's focus in on that. The problem here isn't you, okay? The problem here is fucking avant-garde teachers who think they're going to be able to teach fucking science through donuts. What fucking... Is this... What is this? Mad Max? Is this... Is this what we come to? That high school students are learning about... I don't... What are they learning? What scientifically are they learning about donuts? Uh, is it something to do with bicarbonate of soda? In which case, that's definitely a home economics lesson. <laughs> Holly in North Carolina, you know you've missed out detail here. I mean, you're not in North Carolina anymore, but we'll just say that you are. Maybe you still are. Anyway, by the way, I needed to know what array of donuts, toppings, etc. Anybody who's walking into this room, don't walk in here and think you can just be like, donuts. It's a genre. Narrow it down. Nice to hear from you, Holly. Hey, Scotty and the Ask the Town crew. I've called in once before about fat dating. I am a trans woman and I've had like an identity crisis recently. Um, Before, I've been out for like three and a half years and I'd always wear makeup and skirts or dresses. But I find it really hard to keep up with, Um, like... I kind of, I've gone in the last month, started wearing just t-shirts, shorts and caps, because that's what I used to like wearing before I came out. And now I've got this whole, am I trans enough, like, situation in my head. And um, it's really, it's really confusing, because I I often wonder how I'm perceived, um, because I'm scared of going outside. Um, I don't go out very much. But, yeah, I often don't feel like femme enough or trans enough because I'm not doing it like a certain way I didn't know if anyone else had um any experiences like that it's kind of um a weird situation I guess but I feel a lot happier because I I like how makeup looks on me but getting it made up doing it I don't enjoy it and I've I've done it so much over the last three and a half years that I'm kind of like no I can't don't want to do it Maybe it's bad, I can't be able to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's tricky, but I know I've been rambling, but I thought I'd call in. I, I adore this podcast. I've literally listened back to all of them, and it's so good, and I'm going to do the Patreon when I get money on the 14th. So thank you very much. Bye. Oh, hi, friend. Lovely to have you back. And I really mean that. The conversations you spurred that season were just so gorgy on a personal level, but also for the pub. So thank you so much. There's something I want to pick up here on this idea of acceptability. And from a really personal perspective, I remember when I was having like some very big conversations with myself about gender and feeling like, oh, maybe I have to like identify as like non-binary to understand myself. And I really had these like big questions with me for a long time because my relationship, dear listener, if you're new around here, is very vague <laughs> with masculinity. And vague sort of because that I've always been ostracised from it. 
I've been ostracised from straight masculinity and uh, working class masculinity and queer, sorry, gay masculinity. And it's never really fitted. I've never, like, I mean, I'm not a bloke. I, I don't, like, when people call me a man, I'm a bit like, I mean, it feels like an abstract concept <laughs> to me. And so what I've learned in more recent years is to sort of revel in vagueness that I don't need to say I am something for the clarification of other people. They can also sit with the vagueness that I own as well, because that's my truth. And so I was wondering here about this idea about acceptable gendered and non-gendered identities, and how even when we find these places and these spaces for ourselves, that external factors of what a man or a woman looks like sort of come still come into play I remember very vividly in therapy a few months ago no this was quite maybe last year actually saying like like when I was like having these thoughts about like non-binary identity and my therapist was like well do you feel like a non-binary person and I was like no because I'm telling you the truth and this is real utter truth like I don't know if I look like a non-binary person. And my therapist, of course, was like, well, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, I don't have blue hair, a unicorn tattoo, a septum piercing. Because, <laughs> because and I say this with love and admiration and gorgeousness, we all know that. Um, because there are such, like, strict rules about even what it is to be non-gendered, right? Or, and all the look. And so I guess what I want to throw to you is, like, what do you want to look like? What do you feel comfortable wearing, doing or being? Because surely that's what we should be. We should be, to be our most authentic selves, we should try where possible and of course with loads of caveats around safety and personal safety and visibility etc. We should just try and exist in a world that we want to live in, right? I'm opening this up to the room. What do you think? Hi Scotty, this is Ira from Belgium, calling from a dirty bench in a Belgian park. Yay! Um, I was walking around and listening to the podcast and I wanted to respond to uh, Sarah. Um, I think, Sarah, you should get married to your girlfriend, Sarah, and she should take your last name as well. So then you have three people called Sarah Babylon or whatever. Wouldn't that be nice? Bye! (laughs) Sarah, collectively, Sarah squared. No, Sarah, uh, Sarah triangle. <laughs> Sarah triangle. Sarah, what is it? Would it be Sarah? What if it's, yeah, if it's three, is that squared? Oh my God, maths question. Is there a mathematician who listens to this who could work out what three Sarahs make? <laughs> also, a call from Belgium. Lovely. Yes. What bits of Belgium were you walking around? Very excited to know more about your Belgium life, please, if you're comfortable with sharing it. Also, maybe you want to join in on the tourism uh, holiday expanza. Is that a word? I just made it up. Anyway, um, because, you know, as I've mentioned at the top of the show, I would love to know the ins and outs of people's neighbourhoods. Oh, oh, I I love this place. I love that there's so many new people this week. Well... That's it, we got to the end of the fucking show and there's no fucking references to sausages, so you're going to sit here and listen to me have a go on these sausages. Oh, they're a bit cold now, so they've gone a bit congealed. There's a brand sauce with one of them. Here we go. Mmm! 
Oh, that's a good banger, to be fair. People don't like listening to other people eat, but Debbie said there were complaints when people get all the burping that I used to do. Well, that's quite lovely, with a brown sauce as well. Oh, got a lovely crust. Mmm. Okay, that's that. Try the other. There's mustard here. Mmm. I've got a very high pork ratio. Mmm. Lovely. Okay, well. I'll start about to do the outro then, but no. So. <laughs> Lovely, lovely, lovely. Right, we've gone around all the houses. We've been here, there and everywhere. We've spoken about birthday parties, TV chefs that we'd rather forget from the 90s, Donut Dreams, Holly from North Carolina dropped back in. We've spoken to the Just a Month, the Just a Month thing. So beautiful, so vulnerable. So thank you so much this week. Listen, that's your cue to pick up the blower and join us. The number is, as ever, in the description box. Kat has left me a note here saying, remember to ask them to follow us on at After The Time POD. Yes, Kat, I fucking know, God for fucking bid. These people, for once in their fucking life, had a bit of common sense that they wouldn't have fucking reminded every fucking week, week in and week out to like and subscribe, like and subscribe. At After The Time POD. Big up to Tim, my cat, and Debbie will be back in her wellies next week and a dodgy farmer accent, no doubt. But oh, there you go. Look, if you're gonna give me a couple of sausages, that's gonna happen. So, <laughs> thank you to our patrons who are new this week. Hello to Glenn, Joanne, Alyssa, and to Natalie, who've all joined this month. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm, dig out a bit of sausage from the tea. ATT This Week is produced by Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Capriel, executive producer Debbie Colbride. After the Tone is a Debbie production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.